Welcome to the Countries for Kids podcast from Case of Adventure. I'm Karen and I'm so excited that you're listening today. I'm going to be reading from A Clash of Swords in Scotland from our Scotland Adventure book. To find out more, go to caseofadventure.com. I'm continuing with Chapter 7. Itinerary for Grey Family Tour of Northern Scotland. Day 1, Edinburgh to Glasgow. Sleep in Glasgow. Day 2, Glasgow. Sleep in Glasgow. Day 3, Glasgow to Loch Lomond, to Oban, to Mull, to Iona. Sleep in Iona. Day 4, Iona to Oban, to Glencoe, to Loch Ness, to Inverness. Sleep in Inverness. Day 5 and 6, Inverness. Sleep in Inverness. Day 7, Inverness to Pitlochry to Edinburgh. They sorted out all the documentation, signed a few forms and gave Donny their passports, which he photographed and sent through to his assistant. Uncle Alistair then took Dad to return the family's rental van while Mom went upstairs to be with the children and to pack up their things for the trip. Some of their unneeded baggage would be stored at the guest house. For easy travelling, they were taking one backpack each, plus a large wheelie suitcase that Dad could pull along. Dad carried his laptop and other electronics in his backpack, while Mom carried extra snacks, activities for the children, a couple of books for Tiffany, and other supplies that would be needed on the road. The children each carried a change of clothes, their own snack boxes and a couple of toys in their backpacks. Fancy travel wallets were strapped around waists for safekeeping and toiletries zipped into little travel bags. The children were very excited to be on the move again. They planned to take the train to Glasgow and by late afternoon were ready to go. Mom was relieved to have a tour guide to escort them to the train station and to any other places they would need to find. She found herself quite relaxed, in contrast to the way she usually felt when they were embarking on a journey. Donnie grinned at the children and fell into step next to Rome. All right, big man, he asked. Rome looked at Donnie in surprise and Aunt Shauna laughed at the confused expression on his face. Donnie's a native Glaswegian. He was born here. That's his way of saying, how are you? Donnie grinned and turned to Jake. All right, wee man? They all laughed. I'm not that short. I've grown at least 10 centimetres since last year, Jake retorted, not too pleased with the joke. Donnie relented. I year a big man too then. Jake grinned at him. Morning, said Donnie to everyone. That means come on then, Aunt Shauna told him. Glaswegians like to take two words and blend them into one. I've learnt to translate for tourists that come to our guest house. Can you tell us some more smushed words? Libby asked Donnie. Donnie laughed at her. Well, let me see then, lassie. All right then. Have nay a scoopy means I haven't a clue. Go on yourself means go on then. Libby giggled and tried out. Have nay a scoopy. I think I'll say that if someone asks me for directions. The train was brightly coloured with purple, pink and yellow stripes on the outside. The inside was smart and clean, and the seats had tall backs that could recline like in an aeroplane. 
The family settled into two rows and Donnie and the Sinclairs sat on the opposite side, still near enough for conversation. Aunt Shauna pulled out a cardboard tube with colourful pictures of Edinburgh buildings on it. She popped the top off to reveal soft buttery shortbread cookies. Delicious all-butter rounds, hand-baked in Scotland, the label declared. The children were delighted with the treat and the cookies were delicious, crunching pleasantly in their mouths. Uncle Alistair and Donnie entertained the children by teaching them some Gaelic words. Aran, with emphasis on the first long A, is bread. And Loang, pronounced Loang, means ship. Donnie filled them in on a few details about Glasgow while they snacked. Glaswegian is the spoken dialect in Glasgow, which is the largest city in Scotland. Glaswegians call it Glasgow. In the 19th and early 20th centuries, Glasgow's population grew to over a million people. It became the fourth largest city in Europe after London, Paris and Berlin. Glasgow is a busy and exciting city. The subway goes around the city in a circle. We'll use the hop-on, hop-off bus tour, just like your dad said you did in Edinburgh. We've booked you into the Kirkley Hotel, which is a great bed and breakfast just off Great Western Road. About an hour later, they pulled in at Glasgow Central Station. As it was too far to walk, they took a taxi to the hotel. Donnie told them, Your hotel is an Edwardian-style townhouse built in 1901. We wanted to give ye an authentic Scottish experience, as it's in a lovely residential neighbourhood. Plus, it's one of the only places with rooms for large families. Your family will take up two large rooms. One has three beds and one has four with an interleading door. Dad, Donnie and Uncle Alistair went to check in. As a tour guide, Donnie had been able to get a special rate for the mall. After settling in, they set off to explore. Donnie led them down Buchanan Street to check out some of the shops. They walked past elegant tea rooms and stopped to listen to a piper playing melodious tunes on his bagpipes. Giant pieces of street art and murals were painted on buildings and walls, giving the city a character all its own. Banners declaring people make Glasgow were displayed all over the place. Time for some scran then, Donnie grinned round at the children and explained that the word was Glaswegian for food, scran. Guess what? Every kid's meal in a pub here comes with dessert. Yes, Jake and Libby gave each other a high five and all the children looked delighted. Don't trip, you'll fall on a pub, ha ha, Donnie laughed. There were many pubs scattered around. Most pubs were family-friendly restaurants, usually with delicious food on offer. Donnie led them down a side street to a pub called the Bothy, which was cosy with locally inspired decor. The staff were wearing kilts of various tartans and were very friendly. The bartender's beard was long and the lower end plaited with cord woven into it. Donnie chatted to the hostess who organised them two adjoining tables with a great view from a large window. This is the day we all try haggis, right? Uncle Alistair grinned at the boys. I'm in, Dad responded. Me too, Jake was always up for a new experience. I guess I'll try it, Wren agreed and looked at Rome, raising her eyebrows. It's now or never, she challenged. It won't be never, Rome replied a little grumpy. 
but I'm going to have a burger this time. Wren grinned at him and turned to Libby. What are you having? I'm just going to have the neeps and tatties. Do you know what they are? Wren asked her. Mom told me neeps are Scottish turnips and tatties are potatoes, both mashed. Are Scottish turnips different to the kind we have at home? Wren asked. Yes, I believe so, said Mum. They're purplish green on the outside and orange on the inside. They're called Swedes in some countries. When the food came, everyone was very interested in the plates of haggis. The haggis was neatly piled on one section of the plate with orange mashed turnip and creamy mashed potatoes next to it. There was also a small container of gravy. It all looked surprisingly appetizing. After the haggis, Donnie looked at the children. Time to try the famous deep-fried Mars bar. The long-awaited treat was tasty beyond description. The decadent melted chocolate flowed into their mouths as they bit through the crispy batter. This is definitely the best thing I have ever tasted in my whole life, Libby declared. Me too, Tiffany agreed, and the other children nodded, mouths too full to talk. International Discovery Agents, this is your mission. Try out the Glaswegian and Gaelic phrases from this chapter on your family and friends. Research how many different ways haggis can be prepared and eaten. That's all for now. See you next time.